This is Your Path with Bishop Mark from Dallas Universal Life Church in Dallas, Texas. Forget what you think you know about church. Good afternoon. afternoon. An ethics professor at Princeton Seminary asked for volunteers for an extra assignment. About half the class met him at uh, the library to receive their assignments. The professor divided the students into three groups of five each. He gave the first group envelopes, telling them to proceed immediately across campus to Stewart Hall. He told them they had 15 minutes, and if they didn't arrive on time, it would affect their grade. A minute or two later, he handed out envelopes to five others. They were also to go over to Stewart Hall, but they had 45 minutes. The third group had three hours to get to Stewart Hall. The students weren't aware of it, but the professor had arranged for three drama students to meet them along the way. Close to the beginning of their walk, one of the drama students had his hands on his head and was moaning aloud as if in great pain. About halfway to Stewart Hall, on the steps of the chapel, the seminary students uh, passed a man who was lying face down as if unconscious. Finally, on the steps of Stewart Hall, the third drama student was acting out a seizure. Now, in the first group of students, those who had only 15 minutes to get across campus, no one, no one stopped to help. In the second group, Two students stopped to help. And in the third group, the one that had three hours for their assignment, all of the students stopped to help at least one person. The professor had clearly shown these seminarians that hurry hinders ministry. The disciples have been out on their own preaching, driving out demons and anointing and healing the sick. When they return, they gather around Jesus and report in. They had done good work and They must have been excited about the new authority they held in the name of Jesus. Jesus must have been excited to see these apostles too, because he wanted to hear about their experiences. So he invites them to come aside, come away to a deserted place all by yourselves and and rest a while, Jesus said. So what is Jesus trying to get across to his disciples? He's trying to tell them and tell you and me that hurry hinders ministry. We need to take time to be present to one another with crowds of people present and so many people pressing in on Jesus and the disciples that they couldn't even eat. Jesus resisted the pressure to hurry. Think about why Jesus drew his disciples away. Have you ever felt profoundly alone in a crowd? Have you ever had visitors you were overjoyed to see in a telephone that just kept ringing when you expected an important call? Have you ever had a day where you came home from work worried about keeping your job because of all the important things you had to do when your children wanted you to play? When Jesus put the apostles in a boat so they might draw apart from the crowds, he was doing ministry. The Son of God was empowered by the fellowship of those he invited into his circle of leadership just as he shared, just as he shared power with them. Jesus needed time apart with his friends, just like we do. There are no solitary Christians. We all need our fellowship time, no matter how busy our lives are. There is ministry in our fellowship together. Hurry hinders ministry. Saving time is not making time. There's a huge industry in a modern society producing products that are time savers. We all recognize that time in busy lives needs to be used productively, so saving time has a natural appeal to busy folk. 
I have been interested to see how the time management and productivity experts have changed their focus over the last 20 years from a notion of management and scientific examination of using time to a more spiritual understanding of time used in living lives. Mm -hmm. Years ago, time management emphasized setting goals and keeping track of how those goals were met. It was kind of a to-do list with time slots. Supposedly, over a course of several weeks, by keeping track of how time was used, a pattern would develop, and people could make adjustments toward efficiency. Sure, we could all do more things in a day if we carried a stopwatch around and worked on beating yesterday's time. We could achieve world record speeds in downing our coffee and Krispy Kreme donut with each deter enough determination and practice. Lately, the time management experts have concluded that to-do lists also need to have not-to-do lists. Time management has begun to examine the habits and attributes of highly productive people. Lately, it has become very important not only to save time, but also to make time. Stephen Covey, in his book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, tells how important it is to live from the inside out. Outside success never guarantees inner happiness. Let me say that again. Outside success never guarantees inner happiness. Covey shared a story about a Sunday morning on the subway in New York City. He was sitting in a seat, reading his paper along with a few other people in a mostly empty subway car, when a man with several children boarded. The man was silent and slumped over, elbows on knees, looking at the floor, while the children loudly ran up and down the car. Now, the adults on the car were at first unsettled, but after a few stops, the visible level of agitation grew. People were not able to use their time reading or even thinking quiet thoughts. Finally, Covey decided he needed to do something. He approached the man and said, Sir, your children are really disturbing a lot of people. I wonder if you couldn't control them a little more. The man lifted his head and said, Oh, you're right. I guess I should uh, do something about it, but we just, came, we just came from the hospital where their mother died about an hour ago. I don't know what to think, and I guess they don't know how to handle it either. Suddenly, a man intent on reading his paper as a prudent use of time was jerked from saving time on the train to making time to be with a stranger and his children. And I ask you this afternoon, which do you think is most memorable, reading the paper or that conversation? Hurry hinders ministry. Let God give you time. We need to understand the difference between managing time in a way that is task-oriented and time that is a gift from God. There are exciting intersections of holy time and work time. Any mission project brings into contrast the challenges of getting something done and spending time with people. Any meaningful mission project presents wonderful surprises when we surrender to allow God to give us time in that experience. Much of the work of the church seems to be oriented to what we are supposed to do for God, for the work of the kingdom, to make the world a place where children are safe and people have the dignity of human rights. We work for a peaceful world, a world without disease or hunger. But we need to remember that before we can act, we must open ourselves to be acted upon. The God of our salvation is the God of the Exodus and the God of the cross 
and the God of the resurrection acting in unimaginable ways. In creation for our benefit, we can identify with the disciples needing some Jesus time. We can also identify with the crowds coming to see Jesus, the miracle worker. All of us as Christians need to realize that God gives us time enough to pray, time enough to work, time enough to play, time enough to ponder, and time enough to just be. We all can claim the benefit of some Jesus time. When we draw apart from the demands of the world and claim the, the time God gives us, then we begin to understand what the crowds sought in Jesus. When we are the church, when we claim God's blessing, then that blessing comes in miraculous ways. So learn to live without hurrying by the people that will make your life a rich blessing. Learn to make time instead of just save time in a world of work and play and rest and learn to claim the blessings that God has given you in his time. Time that is not measured by hours and minutes and seconds alone. Amen. All right, first of all, we're going to talk about pray at DallasULC.com. Pray at DallasULC.com. You have any prayer requests? Um, really, anything at all you want to, you know, I mean, we're going to check the email. It's going to come through, you know, but prayer requests especially. Prayer requests, pray at DallasULC.com. You can remain anonymous or you can give us your name. We can pray for you during the week. We pray every day here at the church. Um, if you'd like it a little more, something a little more than that, we can um, add it into our prayers of intercession on the bulletin during the services. You can choose to remain anonymous or have your name included, whichever you'd like. So pray at LCLC.com. Service can be dedicated. Um? Service can be dedicated. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we also have, uh, we do offer um, the uh, ability to um, dedicate services to someone a loved one or a friend or whatever, you know, uh, it could be for someone who's passed on in, in their memory. It could be somebody, somebody's birthday. It could be for graduation. It could be Father's Day, whatever you want to do. You know, it's a great gift. And it's just a small donation to the church to help us cover the cost of the services. You get your name in the bulletin. You get announced at the service. It's kind of nice. Um, it's a great gift. I mean, it's, it's also a great uh, way of honoring somebody's memory. So um, you can also tell us about that at pray at com. Okay. Hey, did y'all know we had a podcast? Yeah. Y'all to check out this thing called the podcast. It's kind of cool. I slowed him down a little bit this time. You right? did? Okay. We are on Anchor, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, Apple Podcasts, CastBox, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Stitcher, Spotify, and just about anywhere you can, you know, listen to a podcast, you're going to find us. All you got to do is go to, and you can go to Google and do this. Go to Google, go anywhere, go to your search engine, and do a search for Your Path with Bishop Mark. That's Your Path with Bishop Mark, and you're going to find us. Um, how are we doing on that? I think our average listen has gone up to about 27 and a half. Per episode. Yeah. We're over 500 total listens so far, mm-hmm. and we've got maybe 15 episodes. No, it's, it's more than that. We're, we're, we're over 20. Really? Mm-hmm. There you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. I mean, I, I think it's another way of, of getting out there, and I think it's, you know, 
People are listening. Yeah, YouTube was out there. We've always had it out there for people to watch and listen. But apparently, this way is just an easier way for them to pop their little earphones in and be doing about their day and listen to what they're going to listen to. So, <clears throat> more power to them. And I think it's a great, a great thing. And I, I'm very, very honored that, that, that a lot of these places have picked us up and, and allowed us to uh, be broadcast through their through their services. So, yeah, your path with Bishop Mark. Make sure you check it out. Um, also, you can do feedback at DallasULC.com. For those of you in podcast land or in YouTube land, those who can't make it to the service, um, it's a great way for you to tell us how we're doing. You know, what did you like? What did you not like? What do you want to keep? What do you want to get rid of? It's what I ask every day at the, uh, at the roundtable. And this is your chance. And I can't see your faces. So help us out. You know, tell us what we're doing good. Tell us what we're doing bad. You know, one way or the other, let us know something. Um, that we, you know, this is your church. This is not, you know, my church. This is our church. This is everybody's church, and we can make it for uh, something that, you know, is. I say this every week, don't I? It's not saying the stagnant old, old, uh, you know, two thousand year old prayers that, that nobody knows what they're saying. It's regurgitating words that they've been taught from childhood. So, we want it to be something that means something to you and something that is special to you, as, as it is special to us. Okay. All right. I forgot to put in a slide for me. <laughs> you did. You certainly did. Um, next Sunday is a very important day for uh, this gentleman over here and for our church. Um, the next Sunday, we will have the ordination of um, a deacon. And uh, our uh, new deacon will be uh, Justin Partain, who is our IT person. Um, I'm excited as all heck. I've worked my butt off already on this, trying to get it ready. Um, and I, I've never presided over a, a an ordination like this. So it's, it's going to be a new one for me as well. Um, we're gonna we're gonna get through it. Um, it's got a lot of pomp and circumstance. It's going to be beautiful. Um, I encourage anybody who's out there who can make it next Sunday at three o'clock um, to make it because it's going to be wonderful. Uh, three o'clock next Sunday, there will be a uh, if if we are able to. It depends on how, how the time goes. If we're able to, we might have a, a brief uh, post service. I, I, I do want to have one. Yeah. Somewhat. Uh, it just uh, all depends on the time. Yeah, service is already starting to. We've already had another leaflet to our program. Right, this right. It's, it's gotten a little longer next week because of the because of the ordination. That's to be expected, obviously. <clears throat> but then um, after that, uh, I'm hosting a uh, uh, a very um, very light. Um, uh, uh, and I'm sorry that it couldn't be much more. But it's a very light uh, a reception in honor of Justin. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, I, it's you know. It is what it is. The church can only do so much, and, and we're going to do everything we can to make this as you know as momentous an occasion as it is because it's huge. It's a, it's a big it's a big deal for him personally, as well as a big deal for the church, and and it's it's important, and, and it's you know we have to have leadership, and 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 he has shown that he's ready for that, and um, we'll we'll go with it, and we. <laughs> I know you are, and I am too, and that's good because if we weren't nervous, it wouldn't be important. That means it's important. It means it's something that means something to us, and and it will, and, and it does, and it's going to be a beautiful day. And I'm sure I'll be, the air conditioning better be running that day, I'll tell you that much. So, so that's next Sunday, 3 o'clock, the ordination of our new deacon, who will be um, Justin Partain. So we will take care of that next Sunday. I'm excited as all heck. I really am. As all heck. <laughs> A bishop a day keeps the devil away. You're listening to Your Path with Bishop Mark from Dallas Universal Life Church in Dallas, Texas. All right. So, what do you like? What do you not like? What do you want to keep? What do you want to get rid of? Today we talked about hurry hinders ministry. Hurry hinders ministry. And, you know, Jesus takes... Uh, his disciples, and it kind of just gives them a little break. And he says, hey, "Look, 
you know, you don't even have time to eat right now. I mean, we're just going 90 to nothing and just just going, 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 going. I mean, we got to take a break. Well, I'm happy they finally told us the story of how they got on the boat in the first place. We've been talking about the boat for the past, like, three weeks now. Right, <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> well, what about that, though? I mean, I mean we talk, often when we're reading the scripture, it's talking about them always being very busy. He's always doing something. They're healing somebody. He's preaching. He's doing this. Or like even after yeah. after he was on the cross, they were they were having to, to be busy on hiding and all that other stuff. They weren't even calming down whenever they were in the hi- in hiding. I'd be pretty scared too, I think. <laughs> but you know, very rarely do we hear in in, in scripture in the Bible at all about to, to stop and rest. And rest. Yeah. You know, the only time really I can think of other than that is there was a couple other times. That, in, a couple weeks ago, Jesus fell asleep right before the storm hit the boat, before he woke up and calmed the seas. And also, the disciples fell asleep in, in the garden yeah. uh, when he was, uh, the night before. When he, he was wanting to pray. When he was praying on his final night, mm-hmm. right? So what do y'all think about that? Let's talk about that. Let's talk about, you know, these times that uh, we need somebody, because sometimes we need somebody to tell us, mm-hmm. hey, you know, you you are, down you're, you're overdoing it. Yeah. You're, you're, you're pushing a little too far. You're, you've you know, well, it's just like whenever you're you're in the dumps, you're you're in that valley. You can't really see past that, that, that see thing that life. you're inside of. You can't see your life at all. No, clearly, not always. You know, you can no. unless you are able to pull yourself outside of your life and look down at it. You are not going to understand really what's going on completely. And that's why we have friends. That's why we have people yeah. around us. That's why we have you know our, our church. Well, that's why you're supposed to take that quiet time to, to pray, like like absolutely we've been saying. Absolutely, because yeah, that's one of our friends. I think is you know God is one of them. You, know, you can talk to him. He can talk to you and. Now, if you just listen, he'll tell you what, what, what path you're supposed to be on, where you're supposed to be going next. Um, I like the the word, the one that started off. Uh, have you ever felt alone in a crowd? That was that was a good one. Have you? Have you? Yeah. I think I've heard that like if I if I sit around thinking about me all the time. And, uh, my my self being and turns into self delusion and, and just self self self. Um, I'm not doing God's work. I'm not seeking Him. I'm uh, I'm not doing anything that like adds to any type of positive lifestyle. And, and I can come up with a lot of different ways that uh, that keep me um, busy, not, not of service. But on the flip side of that, yeah, even as as like a distraction. Yeah. On the flip side of that, you also have to understand that. Hey, you know, you got to rest those times. And some people, you know, I, at times, I have found myself feeling uh, a little bit guilty sometimes for, you know, taking some time for myself to to rest. Um, and that's that's a balance we have to learn to make for ourselves. Is you know, there's a time for action in which our daily lives, I mean, on top of our daily lives, doing the ministry and everything else, and God, doing God's work. All of that together, yeah. and it's a time where we have to rest because we don't. We're not clear-headed. We're not. We're not open to God. We're not connected to God. You know, because we are so caught up in trying just to keep going with what we're going on, and our bodies are, are just worn down. Right. And Jesus, that's what Jesus was saying. Look, y'all need some time to, to rest because the crowds were just. I mean, his the, the his reputation was getting to be superstar. You know, right. at that time, <laughs> you know, he was. And think about that. Jesus Christ, superstar. Jesus Christ, superstar. <laughs> I'm telling you. Um, so, you know, it's, yes, becoming self-centered in that is, 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 a, is a possibility. But, but that's also 
a means of being in a hurry. You got to be a little self-centered, though, in life. You do a little bit, a little bit, but 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 like his like what he was saying was that that's more of a a, you end up still being in in a hurry rather than trying to be at rest because he's not resting at that moment. Right. You know, I have that problem. You know, my mind is always going. It's always hitting. I've got a lot of irons in the fire. You know, a lot of things going on at the same time, and. Yeah, there's not enough hours in the day. That's what I, but what does it say about that? What does it say? We talked about that in the sermon. We said, God gives you enough hours to pray. He gives you enough hours to work. He gives you enough hours to play. He gives you enough hours to sleep, to do, do whatever you got to do. He knows how many hours you're supposed to have. Because there, there might be moments where you're sitting there and you're wishing you had more hours in the day, but then at the same time you'll turn around and a week later you'll be sitting there, oh my God, I'm so bored. I got nothing <laughs> if to you're do. bored, if you're bored, something's wrong. Dangerous. Well, you shouldn't be bored. I mean, look. Well, he, he said to just be sometimes, too. Just being, you look, but if you're just being, you're not bored. Because yeah, at that point, you're at rest. You're yeah. able to just, you know, yeah. at that point, your body needs to just kind of decompress. Yeah. And that's important. Um, when you're bored, when you're sitting there yawning in the middle of the day, and you're watching TV, munching on food, you're not hungry, you're doing this, you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. Right. You you are you have a, an able body able to get up and do something do something yeah you know cool. but also realize that don't overdo it I have a habit of, of putting myself into um, really throwing myself into something that I love and this started I can I can all the way back to high school I can talk about this mm-hmm. you know, I loved band and journalism those two things the rest of school I don't give a damn you know, <laughs> that I don't care about that homework or anything else I would stay at school until. You know, two, three, four in the morning. Well, look at the videos at times that you spend so much time on. And, I do. And everything and, else. And I, I throw myself into my work, into things I really love to do. <laughs> that's great for me now, especially the job I have. I mean, I love my job. So that's fantastic. Yeah. It's just not. But not always. It's just not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it doesn't pay very well. But no. that's okay. It pays in other ways. And, and it, it will. You know, God God will provide. Um, One way or another. I believe, I believe in that man for others uh, saying, you know, live your life. As a man or woman for others, yeah. give of your abilities, give your gifts. God gave you. Not talking about money. I mean, if you've got money, great. But I'm talking about your other gifts, all those share wonderful them. talents you have. Share those with the world, and you will long for nothing. Exactly. At some point, it becomes like when uh, when when you're doing things for others, it feels like a chore at first, and then you start getting this natural energy to do that, and then you set yeah. the ball rolling. To where, like, I want to do something for somebody else because I know it will make me feel better about this problem, X, Y, Z. Let me tell you, yeah, I mean, amazing. And and then you you just find yourself God-centered at that point. Doing for others is, in my opinion, and this is just my opinion, in my opinion, doing for others is easier than doing for myself. Okay? I have to work pretty hard, and I have to really want to do something for myself. And I find that sometimes, you know, I'm not saying, well, I don't, I'm not, I can't think that, that I need anything. Well, but you, you often take one of us to tell you you need, it does. You need something. <laughs> and at times it does, and that's why we, that's why I said it. There is no such thing as a solitary Christian. No, self-help. It doesn't happen. I mean, it's not going to work. You're not, when you're solitary like that, you are not connected right. to, you're not, you're not the body of Christ. And right. that's what we're supposed to be. We're a connected body of Christ. Mm-hmm. And by, by, Putting yourself in that solid, which, you know, some of us have done. I, I did it when my mother died. I, I stayed in that apartment for one year. I didn't leave. Yeah. I stayed there. And that's the way I dealt with her death. And I got through it. It wasn't the best way to deal with it. I know that now. I knew it then. <laughs> but I wasn't connected to God either. The way no. I needed to be. And I finally, after coming through that and going through the hell that I went through. You, you now know how to go through it if you had to. Well, you could help someone else go through it. Exactly. That's the best way to do it. That's, that's, that's the best way to look at it. Is, is what can I pass? What is this experience I can pass on to somebody else? 
and that's what I talk about all the time. You know, you're getting older. Listen to the people who are older than you. You know, they're not all wise. They're not all perfect. They've all made mistakes, though, and they've all learned, hopefully, from those mistakes. Not all of them. Or they can at least tell you what they did, whether they right. learned from it or not. And you can hear. Like, you don't have to hear. You know, if they're still making the mistake, fine. But you can hear what, what happened to them and, and listen to the story. You don't you don't have to listen. Just listen to the facts. <coughs> and and make your own judgment. God gave you a brain. Use it. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Bible's a great book. There's a lot of things that we do in our daily lives yeah. that aren't I mean they're covered. They're in there. You've got to look for it. But you gotta you gotta, you gotta be use that brain. You gotta pull it you know, out of there. You know the difference between right and wrong. You know it. I mean I believe it's inherent. God gave you guilt to help you if you don't. <laughs> okay? If you feel that feeling of guilt, maybe you need to look and go, wait a minute, something's not right here. Okay? Yeah. You shouldn't feel guilty. If you do, you're doing something wrong. You know? Um, but the norm is to be sane around right and wrong. You know, if uh, definition of sanity is always in balance here, though. <laughs> it's actually the uh, knowing the difference between truth and false. That's the definition. And, and you know that that, that, can, that can be debated as well. I mean, are we are we insane for believing these things that we believe in this book? Right or wrong or arbitrary? I think that would be set a by an individual. That chicken. What about, I think it loves you back on the other side of that fork. Okay. But what if that individual is God? They set the difference. They set the, it makes the, uh, some, the uh, decision about what's right and wrong. Who am I to question That's not, that's not bad. I, I'm not questioning him. I'm sorry. But it takes me bumping my head sometimes to it see does. that. And, and it takes people to, to wake you up sometimes too and make you go, hey, dude, what are you doing? Come over here. Take somebody to come in and look at the floors. Besides you, and make you look from their angle, asking for help, sir, or being able to accept help. I was I was sitting up here offering help. Uh, well, to, all, to, well, to, to, to wax the front of the floor, and I just about had it in my hand to wax the front. No, 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 no. You don't have to do it. That's a, that's one lesson is asking for help is tough because yeah. you know we oh, we want to do it with you. I, I do the same thing. I get I get stuck where um you know I, this is the way I want it done. And nobody else is going to be able to do it that way. I had to let that go when Justin came on. We had Bob's right on here because he took over the, 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 the bulletin. He took over the PowerPoint. And well, that's hard for me. Even beyond that, I'll be sitting there watching you do something on the computer. And you, you get stuck in, in, oh, I know exactly where this is. And i got to do it this way to find it. And I'm sitting here and I know I can see well, how to get back there. But i got to sit and i got to wait. Because he's going to do what he's going to do. I'm still going to tell you afterwards what, what and you can do. And that's fine. And sometimes I learn from it, sometimes I don't. But I, I do it also. God says, don't put me in a box, uh, Reverend Mark. Allow me to show you more than one way to the finish line. He does every day. Oh, yeah. oh, I'm going to show him whether every he wants, wants to. I, I learned. Every, like I told you all before, uh, Sundays yeah. are amazing to be here. This is our celebration day. This is, It's a lot of work to get here yeah. during the week. And our work is during the week. I mean, today's the day. This is y'all's Sabbath. You know, it's a day for y'all to rest. And it's, it's a day for me, us to celebrate our our fellowship together. Mm-hmm. You know, church is not supposed to be a chore, ever. Church should be, you know, happy and joyful. And, and well, it's not always that either. Mm-hmm. It's sometimes just reflection and prayer. And But it's always a good thing. You know, it's always a positive thing. It's not because yeah. if it's not, there's, oh, there's, there's, I gotta go to church. Why, why, why do it if it's not? It's you, know? yeah. you can talk to God anytime you want. He's yeah. talk to you. A this reminder is about of sin or an opportunity for growth. This is about learning. This is about learning from each other, about being supportive for each other and helping mm-hmm. each other stay on your path. Mm-hmm. All of our paths are different. All of our paths go to a different place, and it's not my place to tell you what your path is. You should know that. If you're if you're connected to God, you do know that. 
But if you're if you're just praying, like you've been taught to pray, which is you get on your knees, you ask for this and that, you say you want you've done this, you say a little confession, you get up and walk away. You're not praying. Because what? You're just prayer ritual at that point. Prayer is what? Prayer is a Actual conversation. It's a conversation. It's a conversation. It's a conversation. It's not a monologue. You have to There's a conversation up and between you and God. So after you've done all those things you've been taught and been doing all these years and getting on your knees and praying and doing all that, don't get up and walk away. At that point, shut up and listen. Stop that hurrying. Shut up and listen. Take your time. And if you if you aren't hearing it, if you aren't hearing what God's saying to you, if you're not hearing the voice the word of God, if you're not hearing the voice of God at that point, keep practicing. Take the time. Take those ten minutes out of your day after you pray. No matter when it is in your day, you choose to do it. But take those ten minutes and just center yourself. Be in silence. Be wherever you can be that you feel that you can find some sort of connectedness with your higher power. And eventually, guess what? It's going to come to you. It's going to, and it's, I'm, I'm telling you, guys, it is, it's, it's, it's bigger than an epiphany when it happens. I mean, I, I can still get goosebumps thinking about that when I heard God. I'm like, who the hell is that? You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's not in your ears. It's not up here. Well, at least for me, it wasn't. It, it was here. And it was so strong. It was just an urge. Just you got to do this and this and this and just listen to me and do it now. That was it. And as I've grown into that and learned how to use it, I've told you all this before. Now I don't even have to, I don't have to go through the whole ritual. I still do, but I, I can. God can just tap me on the shoulder now. I don't have to just like, open my ears to listen all the time and be ready to listen because I do that all the time. I'd be you know. <laughs> to him. Mine's like do the exact opposite of what you are normally done. <laughs> well, if, if, if what you've done has gotten you someplace you don't need to be, then you're probably right. You need to go back and look at your, look at your life and go, I, I can do this better. Yeah. But listen to God. Don't just assume that that's what he wants. Right. Listen to him. Because he might say, you know what? Some of this was pretty good. You just There's are covering good. it up with the other stuff. Yeah. And you're not seeing the good stuff because you're dwelling on this bad stuff. It's not all or nothing. It's not all or nothing. There's no black and white in this world. Okay, There's a lot of gray area. And I, I think if you if you look at things in absolutes like that, and you get yeah. stuck on the black and white, I mean, you're in trouble. You, you 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 not only limit yourself, but you're you're limiting God's voice at that point as well. Look, listen to God. I mean, it is so simple, guys. It's, if you talk to Him, He will talk back with you. He created us. He's not going to create us just to leave us out here without a, a communication with it, with Him. I mean, He's our Father, for God's sake. And I mean, the, the other way that, that He could be communicating is through other people as well. Absolutely, that's, that's, that's one thing that you, that's what you got to realize. That people's your know, voices, that you hear people that talk to you on the street. That's oftentimes God's way of, of getting through you because you're not opening your ears and listening to another way or your your soul, as I should say. So sometimes you're riding on the bus. Mm -hmm. You talk to somebody who just is seems just just to know you. Well, let me tell you something. They may not even know they're doing it, but they're 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 doing God's work. They're the mouth of God. They're the word the word of God through them. The Holy Spirit works in many different ways. That way, the Holy Spirit is always looking for a way to to, to get through to us. Well, that, that, that story in your sermon was 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 which one? The 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 family on the bus that, that just lost their think about that their mother. So you're you're on the bus. And this happens all the time. You know, you get all the kids, get all the bus with the parents. Parents sit there, dog, either worn out from their job or whatever. They're just, they're just over it. They're just tired. We've got about eight kids with them, and they're running up and down, back and forth, running, and, and, and screaming, and yelling, and whooping and hollering. The bus driver's kind of looking and giving a dirty look in the mirror and the whole thing. And, and you finally go up to the guys and look, hey, you gotta do so much your kids, man. You're driving away crazy. And he tells you that he's sorry, but, you know, he, he, he just didn't realize, you know, he's. They're just coming back from the hospital where their mother died an hour before. And that he doesn't really know how to handle it, and they don't either. 
Well, that makes you feel like shit, doesn't it? It does. You kind of have to go, well, this, you know what? I just assumed, mm-hmm. there's that word, I just yeah. assumed that he was just not, he was just not caring about everybody else's feelings. And what I assumed was wrong. He needed somebody, somebody of service. He needed somebody to be there for him. Yeah. And that's by going and at least talking to him, taking the time and going and doing that. You are now doing yeah. God's work. You are now being the comforter when he didn't have anybody to comfort him. Love that's important. It's important. You know, walking down the street, I'm making, I'm making an effort when I'm walking down the street and I see people. I try and make eye contact with people. I don't look down and just walk by. And a lot, it's strange for a lot of people. Yeah. It makes some people uncomfortable. And so we'll take it as a threat or whatever. Yeah. You, you have to kind of weigh your know where you are at you times. But come up, come, you know, up, come up with that nod thing that, right. that certain hey, people do. Yeah, I, here's what I do. Hey, hey what's yeah. up? Hey, hey, how's it going, man? Smile or something. Yeah, something. Make eye contact and make a greeting. Something. Yeah. Let them know that you mean no harm. You're just walking by. But say hello. Be approachable. Say hello. Hey, what's up, man? Take a point of opening the door for everybody. Right. How you doing? Not just women. And, and you're not necessarily <laughs> even inviting for a full conversation. You're just saying hello. You're acknowledging their existence, right? And that can be so much more than what you realize. You realize that person could have been, could have just been fired from their job, and now they're going to lose their home. They they're already in foreclosure. They don't know what to do. You know, their kids are going you know without the same clothes from last year because they couldn't afford new ones. They're trying to figure out a way to get them lunch for school. Their car is being repossessed, and they were going to the bridge. Y'all just crossed over. They were going to jump off that bridge. Mm-hmm. And because you took the time to look that person in the eye and, and say, hey, man, mm-hmm. have a beautiful day. Whatever. Something. You took that initiative. You may just save that person's life. And that's, that's Jesus Christ working through you. That's, that's God working through you. That's, now, we are his. When we talk about being the body of Christ, that's what we mean. You are the body of Christ. You're doing as Christ would do. You're his word. You do his word. I read an article about jumpers, and, and, and they said that one guy left a note at his house saying, I'm going, to, I'm going to the bridge. If one person says hello to me, I won't jump. And he jumps. Because, I mean, yeah. obviously, and then all the comments are no. Yeah, yeah. They said, if one person says hello to me, I won't jump. And he jumped. Because they kept walking by. Yeah. Little things like that are huge. You know, I find... And, 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 and there's a lot, of, a lot of ways I can tell that about you. But there's like gifts. Okay, When I receive a gift... It, it means so much to me when it's heartfelt, when somebody's thought about it. No matter what the cost was, even if they made it themselves, yeah. it means so much more to me than buying me a Maserati. You know, yeah. Maserati's nice. Mm-hmm. It's real nice. <laughs> but that's not something that you, it, it, you express. Know, if they had the money to buy that, then, you know, that's not really, no. that's not them thinking. Cause that's just them kind of doing something on a random way. Like just throwing their money. I mean, it's easy for them. It's not So I took the time to, to think about me. Yeah. That's important to me. Right. Because... I, just as much as anybody else, want to be acknowledged as a person, as yeah. somebody who's important in the world. And, yeah. you know, when we, when we feel unimportant, first of all, we lost our connection with God, because mm-hmm. we're always important in His eyes. When we, we're feeling down in the dumps like that, it's, you know, one of the reasons, main reasons, could be you're fatigued. Yeah. You're wearing yourself thin. You're Take pushing, that little it, break. <laughs> pushing it too hard. You're you know, I God less time mm-hmm. during the day. God, God. Like I said, it gives you the hours that you need to right. get done what you need to get done. We need to have you in these sessions a little bit more often. <laughs> Adam, Adam's right to, he's, he's, he's uh, very good at, mm-hmm. at seeing where I'm going with things, mm-hmm. too. And, and, going, and I like that. He's, he's, he's right on with me. Dan, I, need, I need that counter. I, well, try, look, I try to keep him on track, and then you can, you can keep this it going. Stuff, <laughs> this stuff is not difficult. It really is. I mean, it's, it's very simple. It's very simple stuff to understand. 
It's not easy. It's not easy. You know, when we're going, you know, we've all done it. We've all, you know, pushed it too hard, worked overnight, and never didn't get the night's sleep we the night before, and we're going to the next day, and all of a sudden we're going on three days, and, oh, well, I'm hearing some stuff. Mm-hmm. I forgot to eat. Mm-hmm. Why can't I get rid of that thought? Oh, that noise? <laughs> Who keeps saying that? You know, what was that? <laughs> you know, yeah, that psychosis setting in. You got that, that little uh, sleep deprived psychosis is what it's called. And it's, you know, that's, that's somebody telling you, hey, Look up, man. You're, you're not doing something right here. If you're hearing yeah. some things like that, and other people are you're like, yeah. what's wrong with you? They're you need to come look in the mirror and go, what am I doing? Yeah. Yeah. Is this what God would have me do with this body that he gave me? I mean, this amazing temple that he gave me. Is this his work? Look, God gave us time for play. But he also gave us time for work. He gave us mm-hmm. time for, you know, ministry. Oh. And... and, and you know, you got to be able to balance that out, and it's very hard. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I get. We all get caught up in what we do. I have to discern sometimes. I get, you know, I get a phone call or a text or something from a congregant or you know, somebody who's a friend of the church, and they're in a crisis. But they're calling a crisis. Yeah. And sometimes. The church gets a lot of crisis calls. We, we do. And at times, we tell you, at, at times, it's. it's it maybe seemed like a crisis to them at the time. And it's really not. It's not a crisis. But then we also have to take you, that moment right. to say it's still a crisis to that person, unfortunately. I have to treat everyone at first, at yeah. least, that it's it's life or death. This is yeah. a crisis I've got to take care of. I mean, God forbid that one time that I, I dismiss it and, yeah. and something happens. The bridge. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, but, you know, it, it, I have to be able at that point then be able to ask a few questions mm-hmm. and discern whether, you know, this is something that we can deal with at 3 o'clock in the morning or can we deal with it tomorrow during regular hours yeah. when I've slept a little bit. You know, at times, you know, it has to happen right then. There are times. I mean, there have been times where we've had to drop everything and go go somewhere go to go help someone. Go pick somebody up who <laughs> needed our help at that point right then. And they needed it. And, and we did. Yeah. But that's what you do. Right. If you have the way to do things and help things and help people that way, you don't you don't you don't deny it. You just do it. Absolutely. You know, I, I had a friend of mine uh, who got left uh, over the weekend in, in Carroll. But Carroll's quite a ways from Dallas, mm-hmm. and it's a long walk. We're talking how many miles? That's, that's on the other side of forty. Right. From here. So how many miles is forty from here? Thirteen. Okay. So another another ten miles to Carroll. Okay. So yeah. twenty-five miles probably at least. Uh, that's a long walk in 108 degree temperatures mm-hmm. outside. And he wanted me to send him a car out there. I couldn't afford it. It was a lot of money. You know, I couldn't do it. But I took what I had. Mm-hmm. really didn't have it, but made it happen. Just made it happen. And sent him some of the money that, to get him at least partially, most of the way home. You know, at least so he could get in a car and get partially the way home. You know? yeah. And I haven't heard from him, so I'm assuming he's sleeping. Hopefully. <laughs> <clears throat> but... At that point, you have to discern whether that's a real valid point. Can they get a ride from somebody else? Because you also you know? have to you also have to be able to support yourself, right? Because if I if I keep giving me giving giving my time, my money, my sleep time, all those times that I need for myself, you no longer have time for God. After a while, I'm not going to be here anymore. Mm-hmm. Because I'm going to be either on the street, on the street broke, or I'm going to be dead because mm-hmm. I haven't taken the time for myself. That selfish time, that right. time that we need for ourselves to center and rejuvenate, and then. Be there. It's like they say when you're in, when you're in the plane and the and the, the cabin decompresses and the, the oxygen mask fall down. What do they say? Put the mask over your face first, and then, then over your child's. Yeah. Why? Our first instinct is to take care of that child. Put that mask over that child's. Well, what happens when you get that mask over that child? 
and he's got the oxygen there, and you just asphyxiated. You just died. And two hours later, that baby's sitting there needs to eat. And you can't feed him, because yeah. you're dead. And the baby dies too, so what did that do? Nothing. Right. You serve, you, you, that is exactly the wrong thing to do. Right. Uh, that story is so, it's, so, it's, a, it's a huge thing. I'm you also save, if you can't save yourself, you're not going to save anybody else. I've also heard you explain in church, though, that uh, when those crisis calls come, whether whether they are truly crisis or not, that, um, you know, you hold your hand out and, and God starts putting these little blessings in your hand. And, and the second that I want to start holding on to ones and discerning and, and, and saying what is or is not important, that, that God stops taking care of things. He lets you hold on and take care of what you have in your hand, and then that's all you ever have. In case something, we have nothing here except love for each other. This is all dust. You and I, these bodies that we're in, they're dust. This stuff that we have around us, it's dust. All these pretty lights and pretty gold things and all the stuff we have for the church, beautiful flowers, everything. It's dust. Nothing. Nothing. It's nothing. It's what we can't see. That part inside of us, that wonderful thing we don't understand completely, our souls. That's where it's at. And if you realize that, None of this really matters. Yeah, it's it's important to have things. You have to have a reward you have. It's nice to have you know, rewards for yourself and whatever. It'd be nice to get a building for the church, you know? Or a Maserati. <laughs> or a Maserati, you know? I think I'd rather have a Well, we could sell the Maserati and get the building for the church. Absolutely. <laughs> That's what I would do. The, the, the intangibles are the good. Oh. It's those, yeah, that brotherhood. Mm -hmm. we, we call each other brother a lot. The, that, that knowledge yeah. that we pass along. Brotherhood. That feeling of... of Belonging. Belonging. Uh, being important. Being acknowledged as a person. Being acknowledged as somebody who's important. We're all important. If you forget that, sometimes it's easy to do. Yeah. We have each other here to lift each other up. Right. Jesus Christ never, ever, ever said we were anything but right. brothers <clears throat> and sisters. Uh-huh, <laughs> uh-huh. I think, I mean, it's, it's, it seems so simple when you talk about it. When you talk about, you know, these wonderful things about the intangible soul and love and fellowship and family and you know, our spirits that are just amazing beings here inside of us. But when we get out in the real world and leave the doors here, how much are you remembering of that? Or how much are you not being afraid of in that? How much are you trying to put yourself in other people's shoes to try to understand before you make an assumption? Mm -hmm. How much do you try to help your friends by telling them the truth? By telling them what may be obvious to you, but they're they stuck in this room. Yeah, they can't see it. They have absolutely no clue. No matter, you know, and you may be at risk of, of losing them as a friend. But where, are, where are your motives? What? You know, because they can offer you something tangible. Are you going to continue to allow them to throw their life away? Right. Or are you going to tell them, look, I care about you too much. You've got to do something different. Yeah. You know, I, I, we talked talk about this this week, but honesty. You know, and, and I don't understand beating around the bush. I don't understand little white lies. I don't I don't get that. I mean, there's a time and a place for everything. Yeah, you've got to you know, discern where you are and how you say things and what you say. But ultimately, but ultimately look, I'm going to tell you the truth. And it's going to hurt sometimes. Mm -hmm. It does. And I don't like hurting people. I don't. But in the long run, it saves your life. It makes your life more valuable. 
it creates something that is so much more important. Even if I lose you as a friend, you still help that person somehow. It just means it was time for that. Yeah. That we our time together was done. Yeah. I'm glad it wasn't done with me putting you in the ground. I would have heard a lot worse. <laughs> I would have heard a lot worse. Hey, the Dalai Lama says honesty without compassion is cruelty. True. I think honesty is compassion. Honesty is compassion. Because, you know, it's the same like I just said. If you, if you allow somebody to continue to destroy their own lives, and they don't even see it, they don't even realize what they're doing. Especially what if you're doing, you're helping them do it. Especially if it's at the betterment of you yourself. Right. Someone if you're gaining you. something from that. Yeah. We're all adults, so we can make our own decisions, right? <laughs> But sometimes it takes a friend to nudge you in that correct direction. That's what we do here. I can't tell you your path. I have no idea where your path would be. We can only help you see what possibilities there are in front of you. And you know what? They're limitless. God has made this. I mean, I mean, look, guys. I don't care how old you are. I don't care how much you've messed up in your past. There are second chances, third chances, fifth chances, hundredth chances. All you got to do is ask for it. Yep, absolutely. And he'll tell you how to get there if you shut up and listen. Mm-hmm. So, anybody else have anything else? What else we got on this one? I think that's probably it. It's a good one. It's a good one to remember. You know, take time for yourself. That's the important part here is remember, you've got to take time for yourself. It's selfish at times. It feels selfish. Yeah. But, you know, if you don't, then that baby, mask over the baby first, you're dead. And so is the baby. Nobody any good. You're not able to do God's work unless you can hear God in that taking time for yourself. You have to learn how to pray, guys. And if you're not doing it, if you're not doing it, please try. Get on your knees. Get on your knees. And I mean that. Get on your knees and pray. And then stay there for 10 minutes after you're done praying and listen. Get some knee pads if you have to. Do whatever. (laughs) Get a pillow. I don't care what you do. But it's important that you, the reason I say that is, you have to realize, because if you just lay down in bed, or you're just sitting at the table, or something, it's gonna be, you're going to be distracted. You've got to make your body, your body realize that you're doing something different right now, that you're paying attention to something on purpose. Right. And it trains yourself to know that you need to center yourself at that point. You need to let everything else kind of just go. And you have that, that own <laughs> feeling that we talked about. You know? And that center can come at any moment once you're, once you're able to, to practice that naturally. I encourage you to use the own. It's a beautiful, scientifically proven technique to center yourselves, to, to bring about we were supposed to use it in that every, meditative state. We were supposed to use it in every pre-service I know. video. We I didn't, didn't do it that. this week. Well, I didn't. But we had a bit of computer issues this week that, that made things upset. <laughs> yeah, right. We got we took the computer in to the, Mac, the Apple store, yeah. and they kept it a couple nights. They replaced they the, hard drive, the hard drive. <laughs> we're praying that we, we, we made it through. It still has some memory problems, so we're going to deal with I've got, PowerPoint. I've got another so, deal with Microsoft. So, so yeah, hopefully that problem's in the past. But, yeah, like I said, we're always open for donations of, of gentle yes, computers. Definitely. And it's tax-deductible. Just remember, it's tax-deductible. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, next Sunday, next Sunday is a big, big Sunday, and please, please make it. I mean, I, I, I can't emphasize this enough. This is a once in a lifetime event. They don't come up, they don't come across very often. Um, ordinations, yeah, they happen all the time. But in, in our in a church like this, our site, you just don't see it very often. Okay, um, because we're small, I and mean, we're not going to have a huge ordination of a bunch of people. Right. Justin's being ordained into our ministry, I and mean, he's going to be a deacon here, and that's. Like I said earlier, it's huge for him, and it's huge for the church and us. Um, he takes on the leadership role of service, um, and and that's that's one that's it's even tough for me. I mean, I have to be of service too, but for me to sometimes follow and not lead is very difficult. 
and I admire those who can. I admire those who can follow and lead. Can actually lead by following. Mm -hmm. And believe me, you'll be doing that to me, I'm sure. He, he will actually, and you've done this, you have followed me, and in your following, have led me in different ways. And I admire that. I do. I don't have that, I don't think I have that quality. Um, I'm very much, you know, alpha and <laughs> control and all that junk. There is yet time. <laughs> there is. There is. And I'm always trying to learn new things. But next Sunday, yeah. look, it's it's going to be very nice. I'm, 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 I'm trying to make it as best as I can on the, the small budget we've got, but that's okay. It's all about the the the, 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 the budget. It's about right. y'all being here for, for Justin and for the church. It's important. Next Sunday at 3 o'clock is the ordination of Justin into, into being a deacon. Um, it's a very pomp and circumstance filled um, event, but it's important that we understand the reason we do all the pomp and circumstance is we want you to realize what a sacrifice he's making and how important it is that, that he is accepting this call that God has put out for him. And it's a big thing in somebody's life. Once you're ordained, you're ordained. You're in the ministry. I mean, there are different levels. You go up, if you choose, but you're ordained. You're, you're part of something special. What is that going to look like as far as the schedule for the rest of the, uh, the day? Uh, okay, here's what's going to happen next Sunday. So we start at 3 o'clock, and we're going to try and start on time, as close to on time as possible. Um, it, the service will probably last an extra 45 minutes, maybe. Okay. Yeah, 30 to 45 minutes. And maybe that long. Just on a lot for ride. Yeah, 30 to 45 minutes. Um, and, and after that, if we have a roundtable service, which I, I will try, I'm going to try and have at least a small one, um, it'll be very brief. Because immediately following that, I'm going to host a, uh, a small reception uh, right. for Justin in his honor uh, here, at the, here at, the, at the church. So, you know, we did nothing special, no big, nothing big. It's just going to be a nice time for us to basically say thank you and say congratulations uh, for you being here and just, and just in your honor. So, um, so next Sunday, the ordination of Justin into the deaconship, into being a deacon, deaconate, as they call it. Um, there's actually a society of deacons. It's, it's, it's a different congregation have, different churches have. So... It's interesting. It's a very, very brotherhood-oriented title, so, but very service-oriented. I'm bring, excited. I'll be bringing insulin. Bringing insulin. Okay. Are you okay? Yeah. Okay. I'm good. I'm looking forward to the chocolate cake. <laughs> it's it's going to be it's going to be a lot of, a lot of fun, and I, I think it's, it's it's I'm I'm really I'm going to talk about it. I'm really excited about it. I think it's going to be great. So that's it for today. I got a big week preparing for all this. Uh, yep. Y'all can call me anytime as I need help because I'm probably going to need it. Yep. <laughs> Next Sunday, three o'clock. Hey, look, anybody out there is coming. Please, come, you know, y'all can hear us. Come on out here. Come out to come out and, and and thank Justin for doing this. It's an amazing feat that he's taking on, and I hope to see you all. Next Sunday at three o'clock. God bless you all. <laughs>